the Champions League kicks off this week. Tampa Bay top 10 sponsors, the people that make it happen. Carlos Flores, Parents 101. Welcome to the Tampa Bay Top 10 podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Tempe Top 10 Soccer Podcast with Jim Hart, Carlos Flores, and Dave Wilson. Tonight, we're going to talk about the Girls and Boys Champions League Pool Play Preview. Jim, how are you doing tonight? Doing great, David. How about you? And Carlos, how are you? I'm doing beautiful. All right, Jim, you mentioned earlier today that we had some people that have watched last week. You know, from what I understand, the over 250 people listened to our first podcast. And I know not everybody even knows about it yet. Those are some, Carlos, are those good numbers? Those are very good numbers, especially since we were not uh, promoting it anywhere, just putting it out on our Facebook and Instagram account. Uh, I was surprised, and the comments were excellent. We We've got lots of feedback, and I have not heard anything not positive. I guess you guys understand we're amateurs, so you're taking it easy on us. But there was one thing, David, that people said, and uh, was was great, but who are you guys? You didn't really talk, say anything about yourselves. Right. This obviously has never been about any of us, and everything we do here is not about us. It is about kids and giving back to them. With that being said, I will briefly give you a little bit of a history on all of us, you know. Um, Jim Hart, 38 years coaching high school soccer, 40 years as a teacher. He has won six state championships and has coached in 913 games while he was there. Carlos Flores, former collegiate soccer player, parent of wonderful soccer players that played throughout and followed them throughout and mentored them throughout, fan of the game without a question, and an expert on promoting your child for the ability to play at the next level. Myself, former college soccer player, been coaching now. This is my 38th year also coaching soccer at the high school, collegiate, um, little kids level, everything for the last 38 years, and still going. So hopefully I'll make it and get past Jim's 40 years of teaching and 40 years of coaching. But that's about all we need to know about all of us, I think, Jim. That's good for you. Beautiful. All right. All right, so let's get started right away, though, and talk about, uh, we're going to talk about the girls' Champions League pool first, and we're going to go through each one of the groups, and mind you that we do not know at this point of season, since most teams have not even played a game yet, some played last night, a couple are playing tonight, but we don't know what each year is going to bring, so the teams that are traditional powers, they're usually there again. We don't know who came in, who left, and it's going to take a little while to sort this out. With that being said, games start next week. They're going to have to be ready to play. Yes, and that's one of the great things about high school soccer and one of the unique skills coaches have to have is starting over with a whole fresh uh, fresh uh, group of players. And uh, yet, the good programs seem to do well year in and year out, and I know coaching is a big part of that. David, these groups are really exciting. The, the uh, first pool, our first group that we have, has uh, four teams in it. Obviously, all of them have four teams. Um, we have Calvary, Christian, River Ridge, Durant, and Sickles. They all were ranked you know, in the top 100 in the state last year, and each one of them have won either 14 or 15 games during the season. Going into it, Jim, anything you're looking at right now and who's the lead for this group? It's just super hard to call. All four are good programs. I'm looking at the strength of schedule. It's a statistic that I love 
And to put a long story short, Max Preps offers this formula that gives us an idea of how hard it is, the schedule is for each team. And it looks like Calvary has the the hardest schedule with an 11.4 strength of schedule. Uh, Sickles right behind them at 10.7. Yeah, and that, that was from the previous season, obviously. And I know from, from the word on the street, basically, is Sickles is loaded this year. Um, and, and definitely a contender to be possibly that Champions League champion, let alone winning their own pool. I'm glad you said it first, David. That's what I hear as well. We know Calvary is strong. We know River Ridge is strong. We know Durant has an amazing history. Sickles, it just seems like they have something. I don't know. It's too early to tell. Don't want to put pressure on them. But, uh, but Sickles, Coach Dominique, you know, Coach Dominique, a, a little fun fact, he won the Hillsborough County Championship as a middle school coach. Wow. And that's a very competitive championship to win. And he's really focused on building up his program at Sickles. I like the look of Sickles. But, you know, we don't know <clears throat> until people start playing each other. Absolutely. Uh, all right, let's get on to group two then. Right now we have Berkeley Prep, Tampa Catholic, Wesley Chapel, and Newsome. And this group has some loaded teams in it from last year. But if one thing you look at, Jim, right away is that the strength of schedule, Berkeley Prep last year played the most difficult strength of schedule of anybody in the Tampa Bay area. They had a 16.1 strength of schedule. So you may look at their record and said they were 13-9 and last year and one tie. But when you look at the teams that they played and the higher classifications they played against, that's the reason they ranked number 39 in the state at the end of the year. For years, for decades, Berkeley has done this, going all the way back to the 70s and 80s. Berkeley has always had a difficult schedule. They play a statewide schedule. They travel. Uh, they host uh, teams from other regions in uh, to play, and they don't worry about their record. They're, they, they're looking at always, how do we get ready for the state tournament? That's sort of their mindset. Absolutely. Um, not how many wins can we rack up in a regular season. There's a lot to be respected for that. And 16.1 was their strength of schedule off the charts, David. Yep, absolutely. The tough part about that group, though, is you look at Tampa Catholic, and they have an outstanding forward on their team that can score goals against anybody. Wesley Chapel, coached by Mark Leonard, who has really built the program there and done a wonderful job with that program. He makes those kids believe that every time they walk on the field, they're going to win the soccer game. doesn't matter who they're playing against. They believe they're going to win. And then Newsom has just been a powerhouse year after year, and they are into a new coach this year. Yes, um, so that which is interesting, those. which is interesting. And new coach, the, uh, you know, Newsom is so strong and, uh, and has been so dominant for so many years. It's just hard to pick. I, we, we're not going to try to pick. <laughs> but no. we do know that all of these teams, uh, they wouldn't be in the Champions League if they weren't good. But Berkeley, Newsom, Tampa Catholic, it's hard to pick. Absolutely. And I, and Coach Leonard, I, I know what you're talking about with him. Yep. His teams play. Yep, they absolutely do. All right, we'll go to group three. Um, this is the group that I really like to look at and question whether, uh, you know, I don't know who's going to come out of this group. Um, we have Holy Names, Wiregrass, Land of Lakes, and Bloomingdale. Wiregrass has had a change in coaches this year, haven't they? They did. This past year, after Coach Walker had taken over the team for the last three years, they won three district championships and three conference championships in, in uh, Pasco County with Coach Walker there. And he's now pursuing a, a uh, advanced degree that has taken a lot of times where he eventually is going to make a lot of money someday instead of being in teaching <laughs> probably that too long. But he has left behind some players there for the, for the new coach. Um, to come along. The new coach, Chloe Mercado, is uh, a former Wiregrass player. So she comes back and she knows the tradition of soccer there. She was a great player, outstanding. Her mom was a, was a former 
county athletic director. So there's a lot of history for Pasco County and Wiregrass with there. Well, that's that's awesome. We love those stories when the former players come back and, yeah, and coach. Awesome. And, and uh, you know, we, we, with all of these teams, David, that we've talked about so far, people that are listening to the podcast understand that as the season goes on, we will get to know your team better. We just don't know much about them right now. Right. Well, look at that other group there, too. Anytime you see Landa Lakes in a group, I mean, you see Vicky King. And Vicky King is, is the master of taking teams, whether they're good, bad, whatever, and making them better. I don't know how many championships she's won over the time, how many Final Four she's been to over the time, whether whether they were they come in last year at 13-8-1, finishing the season with a high strength of schedule of 12.2, but I don't want to see them on my schedule if I'm somebody else. Yes. Well, and... and uh, listeners of the podcast, uh, one of the things that we do with Tampa Bay Top 10 is we try to tell the story of high school soccer and we tell the story through the people. And as a result of that, we've named the, tr the trophy for the Girls Champions League the Vicki King Trophy. Vicki King is the current coach of Land Lakes, but she's been there for decades. And she was recently recognized as one of the top coaches of any sport in the Tampa Bay area, in the top 50, as selected by the, Tamp uh, by the Tampa Bay Times. So Vicki King is a legend, and the trophy's named after her. Wouldn't it be awesome to see <laughs> Vicki King lift the Vicki King trophy? Wow, that would be a story. Well, either way, I'd like to see her there presenting the trophy, and then if she's got to present it to this herself, that would be kind of amazing. You know, the other two group teams in that group, though, Bloomingdale and Holy Names, are both phenomenal teams. Holy Names is probably the odds-on favorite to take that group, though. Well, we'll see what happens. Yeah, Listen, I want to give a shout-out to Coach Avery. Now that he's pursuing a, another job, making more money, he can become a sponsor. <laughs> and, uh, he, and he was a great mentor, an amazing kid. And I also want to give a shout-out to Coach Dominic. He's sending me texts, like, every three days, sending me ideas and... The enthusiasm he has is just amazing. That's what we need from all the coaches. Trust me, Coach Dominique is one to watch. This guy is is out to make a name for his program and to make a difference in high school he soccer. He cares. He yeah. really yes, he cares. Does. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, those, he does. Those, those are the people who make a difference in kids' lives. So. No question. All right, and let's get to our last group, the group four this year, which I think is the group of death out of the four groups here. Um, Palm Harbor University High School, Shorecrest, Eastlake, and Plant. We, we're looking at a Palm Harbor University High School team that won 20 games last year, Plant team that won 16, a Shorecrest team that won 15, and an Eastlake team that, that is just, I mean, can play with anybody. So that, that group is, is one to be reckoned with for sure. You know, I know the uh, Palm Harbor coach, I used to coach him uh, back in the day, Randy Eirich, and he is really making a name for himself in high school soccer. And interestingly, for over 20 years, the Shorecrest team was coached by Neil Wolfrath. Now, Neil has moved on, and he is coaching on the other side of the state right now. If he was still there, Neil was once Randy's coach. There would have been a, a former coach-player matchup there. But, you know, talking about Shorecrest and talking about Palm Harbor, I just know that the kids at Eastlake and the kids at Plant are going to let those words sear in their ears because both those teams are capable of winning not only that group, but the entire Champions League. Who's going to lift the first Champions League girls trophy? Wow, this is so exciting. 
Yeah, once again, if you if you missed it last time, the um, the teams will play in pool play. Um, the winner of each one of the pools will advance to the semifinals, which are at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. on December 17th at Wiregrass Ranch High School. And the two winners of the semifinals will play in the championship game at 6 o'clock at St. Leo University. We would love to have the opportunity to have St. Leo host this game for us. That would be uh, awesome. On the same night as the semifinals. The, 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 the both games are happening on the same day. So That's to correct. win the Champions League, you got to win two games in one day against top competition. Yep. Yeah, which is, which is tough to do. And we wish that we have more weeks to, to be able to put these in. But trying to fit everything in between the high school season, club season, the club stuff that's going on. And we, we want our kids to be able to play whenever they can, however they can promote themselves. We won't want to interfere with Castle Tournament or other big tournaments where they go to. So we are limited in how many days we can actually do this. So it is a tough task to get there. But you host a trophy over your head at the end of it. And it's a pretty good feeling. That's right. And, you know, and David, one, one decision that I feel super good about is the decision that we've made within Tampa Bay Top 10 to pick our dates and stick with our dates. We really can't work around the schedules of others which change from year to year. We are mindful of what the players' commitments are, but we are also limited by our small amount of time that we have to do something. And it's important to us to have the Champions League finished before the holiday break so that when teams come back, they can concentrate on the state tournament. Yeah, because by the second semester, we want our teams ready for the district tournament and focus on what they need to do to get ready for that and not worrying about, oh, we still have Champions League games to play. So they can focus on state tournaments, absolutely right. And credit to David Wilson on uh, the continued administration of the Champions League tournament. As a result of the, the development of the tournament, for this year, for the first time ever, we have match day one match day two, and match day three, meaning all of the Champions League games are played on the same dates. Match day one for the girls is November 16th. There might be the occasional exception, but almost every game, if not every game, is going to be played on the match days. Absolutely. So match day one is November 16th, match day two is November 30th, and match day three is December 7th for the girls. After December 7th, we will know the four teams that have gone through those groups gotten to the semifinals and are going to show up on December 17th in the morning at Wiregrass Ranch to see who goes to the final at St. Leo. What an exciting prospect. Yep. Man, gosh. I, I, the, the one thing that a lot of kids have said to me, or I say kids, people, have said, I, I just so wish we had this when I was playing. Yeah, I keep hearing the same thing. The kids, one of my uh, former players came back, um, and, he, and he's, I told him, well, the game we have next week is a Champions League game, and he goes, what's that? All right, because he's been out of the, out of town, and once I told him about it, his eyes just lit up. He goes, "Why didn't we have this when, when I was here? It's wonderful." Yes, yes. So. Well, it's here now, and these folks that have missed it, you can come back and be a part of uh, yeah. a part of it by being sponsors. The other thing we need to mention is the Champions League MVP will win the Sue Pete Trophy, and uh, in subsequent podcasts, we'll talk more about Sue Pete, more about Vicky King, and more about some of the uh, the history of girls soccer. But I think we've kind of given a good preview here. Yeah, but I, I think the uh, the trophies are beautiful, too, um, when they get there. And they won the championship trophy, the Vicky King trophy, will stay at the school for a year um, or more, like um, on the boys' side. It happened when Jesuit had won it two years in a row. But after the year is up, your nameplate goes on it, and it will move on to the next school that wins the championship. <laughs> That's so Listen, if you look at the photos and videos we have posted online from last year's tournament, you can clearly see how excited and proud these kids were. The coaches, the crowd, 
everybody were really excited. You could see that everything we have been working for is well worth it just by looking at the kids' smiles. Go to our, our, our social media channels and, and look at those photos and videos. I, I believe it's beautiful. The quality of what we're producing right now is being appreciated by everyone. And just by the amount of former players signing up as sponsors, I believe the community has already signed up to offer support to high school soccer in Tampa. As for the players, listen, in last year's tournament, the MVP of the finals was Santiago Castañeda. That kid, two weeks later, got signed by the Tampa Bay Rowdies. So uh, I would like to think that maybe a little bit, you know, of, of that success was due to the exposure we gave him. We need to let people know about the talented boys and girls that are playing soccer here in Tampa Bay. I don't think we had anything to do with him being signed professionally. But no, but the, <laughs> but, but the, but but the, fact, the fact that we saw his talent. <laughs> Correct. We're so. swimming in a certain, uh, in a certain uh, pond, so to speak. Let's talk about the sponsors. Uh, we do have a little bit of time left in our podcast, and I don't want to shortchange your time, Carlos. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the sponsors. I'll talk more about them in a subsequent podcast. Three names that I want to mention. Dan Peake, Greg Godsey, and Mike Phillips. Each of them has connection to soccer. Uh, Dan was a soccer parent uh, and loved the idea of, of uh, the Tampa Bay Top Ten and loved especially the idea of the scholarship that we give, which we haven't really talked much about on this podcast, the 12th Player Scholarship. And Dan... And his family, the Peak family, have decided to sponsor the 12-player scholarship. And they've put the money up to make sure that we have 12-player scholarships for the next five years. Well, not the next five years, for five years. We've right. already had one. Right. And we're having another one this year. And um, Are they doing that for the boys and yes, the girls, too? Uh -huh. Yes. Well. And, uh, and, and so that is amazing. The Peak family is one of those families that just heard about this, heard about Tampa Bay Top Ten, and said... What can we do? We love this idea. How can we help? And we started talking about different things. And they said, this is the way that we want to help. Now, what I'm going to say to you listeners of this podcast is the Peak family uh, has started basically an endowment. And that endowment can be added to by anybody listening to this podcast, small or large contributions or medium. Uh, Carlos has done an amazing job of setting us up in a nonprofit capacity to where we can take donations and add to these endowments. We would love to give more than one scholarship away. If you played high school soccer, if you're successful in business right now, if you have family members that played, if you have kids that played, and you believe in it like we do, and you want to participate as a sponsor and follow the path that Dan set and the others that I'm going to talk to you about, then please join us in the Tampa Bay Top Ten. We want you to be part of it. And we will not waste your money. We we are we are paying all of the expenses of this tournament. We're paying all the referee fees. We're paying, in some cases, we're paying extra money for security. The medals, the shirts, uh, the plaques, the trophies. Again, everything is first class. Everything and, first class. And we want to differentiate ourselves in the sense that we want to do things for the kids. We don't want to come to you and say, here's what it's going to cost you for us to do this for you. Yeah, the whole goal at the beginning was that, that it wasn't going to cost anybody a penny to do this. If we could get it done and have it something that kids just say, this is just a wonderful experience, and the parents don't go, yeah, but it cost me this or that, you know, we never wanted that. This was all about the kids. Greg Godsey was a parent, a soccer parent as well, and he was also a player. He played 
at USF in the 1980s. He was uh, came from New Jersey, moved down to Florida, played at USF, did really well, decided to make his living down here. I got to know Greg by coaching uh, his kids and by him being on a coaching staff that I was uh, in charge of. And Greg loved this idea, and he said, "How can I help? Let let me let me become one of your sponsors." And so Greg has has sponsored us with a with a generous contribution that we have taken to apply to some of these expenses. The contribution that I really want to talk to you about is the one from Michael Phillips. Michael played for a team that I coached at Clearwater Central Catholic High School, graduated in 1997. We were two-time state champion. Michael was a core part of that team, and he's very successful in business right now with Loci Investments. And Michael said, how can I help? What, what do you guys need? Well, Michael has come forward with a very generous contribution that's paying, that's making sure that we don't have anything to worry about as far as our, as our base expenses are, are this year. But, you know, I know there are more Michaels out there. I know there are kids, people listening to this podcast who really got something out of high school soccer and who are successful right now. We are ready for you to join us and help us make this happen. But what I want to do now is I want to turn this over to Carlos. Listen to Carlos Flores, people, because this man is amazing. Carlos? Well, thanks, guys. Uh, actually, while you're talking about our generous sponsors, I want to mention Alfredo Casta. That's part of one of the stories I'm going to... May I interrupt? Go ahead. You are the most generous sponsor. Oh. Malorian. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. We'll talk about... I promise we'll talk more about that next time. Carlos, No, listen, uh, this is... Dave really knows that this gives me life. So uh, I'm just paying it forward. And like the logo of my company, it's the symbol of karma. It, it, it can be really easy. But going back to the sponsors, uh, I'm going to try to bring one who's very successful. He's a so high school I, friend I interrupted you. Talk, talk about who you were So talking. Alfredo Casta is the CEO of a very successful company in Washington, D.C. He went to high school with me. And uh, one of the things I'm going to do is uh, help parents. Uh, thank God. My family had a plan, and we executed it really well. So a lot of parents and players come to me. But uh, it's, it all started with Alfredo Casta. He's the most famous CEO from Washington, D.C. here in Tampa because probably 100 kids know his name because I always tell the story right. <laughs> about how in high school there's one thing is to be the top scorer. And another thing is to be the most valuable player. So I was a really good player. I was the top scorer on my team. I was too good for them. And, you know, we had an award ceremony. And I was getting myself ready to pick up the award of the MVP because I was the man. And turns out that Alfredo Casta gets the award. And I'm in shock. You know, I'm 17 years old. And I'm saying, what the hell, you know? Uh, I scored like 20 goals. <laughs> this guy plays defense. Jesus Christ. Right. So... You know, later in life, I realized a couple of years later that a top scorer is not necessarily the most valuable player. The most valuable player in my team was Alfredo Casta. Why? Because he led. He led by example, you know? So basically, what I'm going to do is, through my stories, try to answer as many questions that parents have. If they want to play rec, if they want to play club, if they want to play club in high school. So I have a binder that's like six inches thick that I've loaned to a whole bunch of people and players so they can start doing their plans. And I'll leave this with the first piece of advice for all the players and all the parents that want their players to succeed, not only in soccer, but in life. I always told my kids, get up early. 
if you can get up at 5 a.m. and by 7.30 have finished with your routine of exercises in the gym, most of the other kids are sleeping. So nobody can take that away from you. So that was the first thing that I taught my kids to take advantage of. Because if you want to get to the next level, it's extremely hard, extremely hard. There's no easy way to get to the top. And uh, we were able to get to high levels in soccer, but it was due to certain things that I'm going to be sharing with you through our podcasts. That's awesome. I can't wait to hear those stories, Carlos. Yeah, I, I firsthand got to watch his work with his son, Ian, who played soccer for me. And um, Ian was a very good player. There's no question he was a very good player. But Ian wasn't a very big kid. You know, he's talented, he's skilled, and he would have been overlooked, I think, if it wasn't for the plan that they put in from the start. His work ethic was phenomenal, so I'd never take that away from me. And his work ethic is still phenomenal. But the plan they put together and the process they took in order to get Ian looked at, get Ian recognized and things, all of a sudden, he, he had more college offers than all of my kids combined, probably, just because of the plan that they put together that Carlos and his family did. So, so you definitely want to listen to some of those things yeah, and, I'll, think is gonna go. and I'll tell you how we did it and how he did it you know he just uh, he got accepted uh, to over 20 uh, schools and really good schools really good schools but uh, again one uh, another tip that I'm gonna give uh, all the parents out there I, I was never famous with the parent crowd you know because I was not with them cheering I never mentioned my kids name in any of the games right because I was filming why because my kid asked me can you film the games? Say, why you want to film them? Because I want to study them. So I would film the games. We would go home. He would take a bath and he would ask me, can I have uh, the film? And I said, Ian, now? <laughs> and he would watch the game that same night and take notes of how he played and how his teammates play. Right. So that's how you become a leader. And that applies, again, we're talking, uh, this is a soccer podcast, but this applies to everything in life. If That's you're prepared, right. if you're willing to give more than anybody else, if you're willing to work harder, it's going to happen. You know, you're going to get results no matter what you do. Well, and high school soccer is an extension of high school. It's an educational endeavor. And this is great stuff, Carlos. Well, we uh, I apologize because we, we didn't get everything we wanted to do today, but we don't want to stay on forever. We do want to get to the boys' um, pool play previews as well and we are going to get that to our in our next segment so make sure you return back and listen for us for our boys preview um but thank you once again for listening to the tampa bay top 10 soccer podcast thank you everyone good night